creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, August 31st, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio, once again, still down here for Impact Week, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Um, On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy, folks. And sitting in today for the entire show because Miss Annie F. Downs is still being squired back from Scotland. Hmm. We have a guest cast member, one of our good friends that we uh, bonded with in Montana earlier this year from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, artist, songwriter, producer, extraordinaire, Trent Dabbs is joining us. Hey, yo. Hey, Trent. <laughs> Coming in hot, Trent. Coming in hot. Oh, man, that's great. Trent, hey, we were, we, me and you were trying to catch up but just a moment ago, but Cameron's like, nope, save this for the show. Trent, I, I don't think we've we've been able to chat since our, since we, I mean, I think I don't think the Bighorn River will ever be the same after we pulled that many trout right. out of are, are, are there fish? Well, I didn't. <laughs> you decimated the native population I, yes. of, uh, of the of the entire northern United States. The native people are very upset. I do want. I do want to, Trent, if we can revisit uh, day one and day two of our, our our expedition real quick because day one we were with a guide and we had zero luck. We caught zero fish and we're out there like all day. Day two, yeah. me and Trent, we have a new guide and we we start off the day. What did you guys up. do the first one? Did you fire him? Yeah, I, the first day I felt like we were talking more about like how we didn't need to catch fish. We just needed to catch up, and then <laughs> you know the fish will come to us. Right. And, and, but the, but we had our guide the second day pull up the boat right next to our old guide, and we immediately caught like five fish right in front of him. <laughs> like like while you stared him in the we eyes. We stared. I literally hoisted a trout over my head, <laughs> and that set the tone for the entire day. Yeah, we, we you guys were pretty that annoying day. that day. Yeah. yeah. Every time we would pass each other on the river, you guys would be like shouting like trash talk at that, all the other that's boats. how fishing should be done it should it should this isn't a serene thing this is a competition no. you should hurt people's feelings all day literally we would stop for lunch and everybody we'd light a campfire people would take naps we were supposed to rest and just fellowship not and enjoy trend. each not other's company when, when, when jesse hoisted that fish over his head and it took off it was one of the hardest i think i've ever laughed in my entire life <laughs> i should say yeah the, the, the fish took a pretty Wait, hard did that fall. actually really happen yeah, I, I hoisted it over my head and it immediately jumped out of my hand and landed on a dry little island right behind us the guy that set the tone for the guy too he was not pleased with that he was not pleased it's a catch and release type river I, I you know. like to catch and throw exactly not a exactly. catch and release yeah. so so trent i feel like we need a little introduction for trent for people because people know your your music so trent let's let's sugar in the high lows let's let's start there man one of my favorite bands of the last five years sugar in the high lows i have i have i've i've been to your show several times i have all your albums love you guys when we went to montana didn't realize you were the trent from sugar and Hilos until we were there i couldn't believe it i actually got really starstruck dude like thankfully thankfully i like got to like you first and then (laughs) i realized i connected the dots that you were trent for sugar in the Hilos. yeah that that was um that actually felt good that you would listen to us. I was, I was excited about that. Dude, <laughs> of course, man. Dude, seriously, <laughs> amazing, took. amazing That's group. Took. And, amazing and group. the other thing, day one of the trip, Trent was regaling me with these incredible songwriting stories. Yeah, I, and so he. This is crazy because, like, right before Montana, 
I won't give the story away. You can tell it. You were at a very remarkable, mo- you know, event. Yeah. Because you were a songwriter. You wrote one of the biggest songs of the year. Tell tell us where you were right before Montana. Um, are we speaking of Casey? Uh, no, I was speaking of SNL. Yeah, yeah, SNL. Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yes, Casey. Uh, even, the, he, this man has too many hits. You know, you can go the <laughs> second in one of the biggest songs yeah, of the year. It's true. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I went to watch the SNL taping um, of Casey Musgraves, uh, which was a, a bucket list thing for me. Easy. Um, I never thought that would happen. It was, it was really hard to get in, but um, she performed the song that we had written, and it was amazing because I just to watch the band who are, are dear friends of mine and, uh, and Casey, um, play the song. It was very surreal because when you're, when you see it on TV your entire life, um, you just envision it so much differently than it actually is. I mean, you guys know that when you see a, um, a live taping, I mean, it, it's like watching like a high school production, but then you realize that, uh, your comedic heroes are, right in front of you. Yeah. So, so the song that she performed was high horse, which was one of the biggest songs of the year. Yeah. And you were the co-writer. What are some of the other artists you've worked with that, uh, listeners would be impressed by? Oh, um, I would, well, Ingrid Michaelson, we, we wrote a song called girls chase boys that, that did really well. Um, I wish that would happen more often, by the way, <laughs> that has not been my experience. <laughs> That's Trent's experience. Yeah. It's not been my experience Chase around Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> you get to vicariously live through, other people in <laughs> scenarios, but um, <laughs> another one would be like the band Coin. We have a song oh, called yeah. "Growing Pains." Oh, sure. uh, American authors. Uh, we wrote a song called "Deep Water" recently. So I was. It was funny because like when we were there in Montana, it was just on our trip. There's a bunch of artists and, yeah. and, and a bunch of great guys, and it's actually fun to just like hang out and not have to like even be that aware of what each other does. It's just kind of like, you know, yeah. fun to just like connect and yeah. stuff. That's one of the great things about those Montana trips. But like the more, the more Trent would tell stories of some of the stuff that, you know, he's experienced, whatever I'm going, Oh my gosh, this guy's done everything. Yeah. Trent, Trent how oh. tempting were well, you? Well, but the thing was, is I didn't, I did to be completely honest with you guys. I didn't, I didn't know what you did. And then I was like, wait, you didn't? Stu- hey, great having Trent Dabs on today. <laughs> I, I, literally, though, I, when we would sit by the fire and I would hear you guys tell stories and, and feed off each other's stories, I was like, what kind of friendship cues up each other's stories? This is unreal. <laughs> we've, we've, we've gone to a lot of battles. Many uh, years yeah. of podcasting. I, how many have we done? 690 something, something? Yeah, it's, it's over 600. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's a lot Fred, of When talking. I look back at my life, I think I've spent more hours talking with Cameron and these dudes than I've spent with anyone. Like, it, it's it's literally, like, if you added it up, it's probably a good, like, six years of time of doing this. And then, you know, because of this stupid show, we go and, like, watch Nick Walenda walk over a tight wire in yeah. Chicago, and we go do, you know, stupid stuff together, and Trent, that at, leads to more stories. At the SNL well, taping, how tempted were you at any point just to shout something to see if it could get on the air? You know, <laughs> just from the background. Like, I'm not saying, yeah. do, any, I'm not saying <laughs> do anything crazy. I'm yeah. not saying, like, run on stage. But I'm just saying, like... Well, I, I, I'm not going to lie. This is terrible, but uh, a part of me, if I didn't really love a skit, like there's always this guy in an eighties movie, but it's never in real life. I, I kind of want to be the guy that just says, you know, 
just, just yells boo. <laughs> well, you know, because I always think of it like when I watch a golf tournament, they get in the hole guy. Like as soon as it, as soon as the ball leaves the putter, there's that one that just goes, get in the hole! Like every putt, right? Like he's at every tournament. And like, it's the first guy to scream, get in the hole! Like as soon as the ball touches the face of the putter. Right. But the other thing I always take note of is when I'm watching a show with like a laugh track or like SNL or something that has a live studio audience is there's like there's a couple distinctive laughs that uh, that stick out or there's a laugh that laughs after the laughing has stopped by just a second or two like the, the crowd's like ha 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 and you hear ha you know, like you could have been that guy you could have been like the they, we, we could have heard you the whole time and like or or be like oh no we didn't or something like that where where he's not going to get you kicked out but right. it's obviously you you know it's right, the get right. the whole guy of SNL is what I'm saying I, or, or, or I could just use it as a, a a good spot to promote the song that we did, like when it gets really quiet. Hi, hi horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right as the last chord rings out. Yeah, Casey, good job with the high horse. Just, just, <laughs> they probably wouldn't kick you out for that. High horse is the real word song. <laughs> Trent, Trent, who was the uh, celebrity host the night that you were there? Who was who was uh, hosting the show? It was uh, Amy Schumer. And I, okay, I was I was so excited to see her as well. And there was an after party that I was. I mean, I, it's infamous. Uh, how, how many people talk about that that after party and how it goes yeah. until four in the morning and there's all these different things. And I, I did. I saw her at the after party and I, I told her good job. But I mean, she didn't know who I was. But I said it in a in a like I was consult. I was like, you did a good job. And, and you, you don't know me, but oh, like yeah. like you like you approve. <laughs> like you were so important. I just want you to know, I approve of what you did tonight. Yeah, you should have been like, like you tr- could have said bad job, and it would have been within your rights. Like you you get, you tell people bad job sometimes, but in this case, she did a good job. But true, what you should have done is like you might not know me, but ha ha ha! And she's like, oh, you're that laugh. I was listening to you all night after the laugh had ended. You're that guy. Cool. They get in the whole guy. Cool. So you liked it. So you liked it. <laughs> like no, you, you 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 did well. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> do you don't do, second guess it? Don't I, well, that's it. here's my question though, because that was what you felt compelled to tell her. Did she have a look on her face that you that you she was like, like insecure fa- like about fa- her performance? Like, thank you, or like who are you? I mean, you know the deer in the headlights term. Uh, <laughs> she just gave me the blank stare. I couldn't. It couldn't have been more blank. And I just awkwardly said. <laughs> And walked away. <laughs> do you do you think about that moment from time to time? Because I've had a couple of interactions where I wasn't prepared for the fact that I had a, a couple of words mm-hmm. with somebody that you know, and then I, I I was a little flustered. I said the thing, but then I'm regretting it immediately. At this point in my life, I've done so many awkward things that instead of me saying I can't believe I did that, I I would actually be like I can't believe that I can't believe that I did that. I yeah. mean, why why would I not? Trent, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is a public story, but you told me when you first were moving to Nashville, uh, starting your career in the music industry, you were at a breakfast place and you were in the restaurant with one of your heroes, Garth Brooks. And, um, and you shot your shot. Uh, <laughs> yep. And this, uh, yeah. The version of myself 15 years ago in Nashville is, is quite different than it is now. I would never do... The majority of things that I did when I moved here, yeah, um, just as as simple etiquette and and self worth. <laughs> but um, I well, when we moved here, I, I was at Pancake. My wife was at Pancake Pantry with a friend, and she said, "You got to get over here. Someone famous is over here." Which you're enamored with the city, 
if you're from Mississippi, like I am, everything is, is like VH1 behind the music. You're just like, wow, I can't believe it. These people live here. Yeah. Um, so I had seen Garth Brooks like three times with my father growing up and there was no doubt in my mind that he wanted to ha- strike up a conversation with a kid from Mississippi. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? That right. He lives for these moments. So I just happened to leave the same time that he did, which was amazing. And, and, and introduced myself and he couldn't have been more kind. I was like, Hey, I'm Trent Dabbs. And he was like, Hey, and his wife, Trisha Yearwood was also with him. And, uh, he's like, I said, I love this city. And he said, yeah, man, I, I moved here the same age you did. And we had a whole conversation and, and for whatever reason, um, I, I don't, this is like, for whatever reason. <laughs> this is 15 years ago though. This fits fair enough. He just looks at him and goes, good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, you, you, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. No. Uh, I said, I said, Garth, oh, I, cause I, I did think I, Behind the music, VH1 only takes one song. You've heard that cliche. Come on, man. Yeah. I had one, I had written one song that was country. And I, I asked if I could sing it <gasps> for him. In the, the middle chorus. of Pancake Pantry. No, Pancake Pantry is yeah. very, very busy. Yeah. Wow. Guys. This is great. No, this is good. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's like, it's pretty much like going up to Bono and saying, Hey, I got this rock song. <laughs> but the great thing is, but the great thing is like this could like in your mind, this is the origin story. Like you run into Garth Brooks, you're new in town yeah, and you sing yeah. a song and, and it Hey, Hey Garth, I, I wrote you. a country song. Can yeah. I sing it for you while you eat your pancakes with yeah. your wife? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, guys, let's, let's be honest. Like if this was, if this was in the, the front, uh, let's call it a foyer. I don't even know what it is. There's, there's a place that you wait before you yeah. Um, yeah. are seated. So it was the perfect room. I mean, um, <laughs> to, have, to have Garth on one side of me and Trisha on the other and present oh, probably no. the worst country song of all time. Um, oh, no. And anyway, I, I sang him the chorus and <gasps> right in the middle of it, I just thought, what? <laughs> oh, no, but you're the, you got to finish the song at this point, you yeah. know. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. you but I didn't. I, I it was. <gasps> I just I just said uh, I cut myself off mid chorus and then said, anyways, really good to meet you. Uh, and he's like, oh, who's your publisher? And I said, yeah, great. I'll see you soon. And then I walk out, and then my wife is like, what are you? What are you? I was like, I don't know. I got excited. I just oh, no. I thought, I thought, I Oh I no. Mean, <laughs> Oh no! So, oh, man. I called my dad to confess <laughs> how embarrassing that was, and I said, "Dad, I, I just, I just sang a chorus for Garth Brooks." And my dad holds the phone to, against his chest, looks around the office, and says, "My son, Garth Brooks." <laughs> he was so proud. <laughs> so proud. That's why you moved to Nashville is for those exactly. moments. You yeah. you, there's a tr- you guys know uh, the comedy duo Tim and Eric, like on Adult yeah, Swim, and yeah. you know, you know how they got their shot. Mm. You know, they were like m- making funny, weird videos in college, and they sent a compilation of them in the mail on a VHS tape <laughs> back in the day. They found Bob Odenkirk's like huh. it, it, like yeah. physical address somewhere on the internet and sent him a package because he was doing, uh, you know. Uh, Mr. Show, he's now uh, yeah. in Better Breaking Call Saul. Yeah. yeah, but but back, he got his start in comedy. They sent him a VHS tape of their skits, and it worked. He he wow. got them a deal at Adult Swim, and he was like the producer of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. So all I have to say, Trent, man, hey, all worked out for you. Yeah, in the it end. worked out. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. Look at you now, great. man. Well, I mean, I've even had the chance since then 
I, I, I saw him at the Ryman and I'm standing next to Mary Steenburge and, and Ted Danson. And Mary's like, you have to talk to Garth so we could do the story. And I then <laughs> said, no, no, I'm not going to do that, which is even dumber than the yeah. original. <laughs> because you have an in at this point. Yeah. You're not only you're, are, not only, you're, you're, you're with, you know, two Hollywood legends, you know, that span generations. I mean, the mom from Step Brothers and Elf, like two of the greatest movies totally. I've ever seen. And yeah. and Ted Dan, you have an in with Garth. Then you have a double in because you have this right. funny, charming story. Yeah, I'm a peer now, but 15 years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that young kid. Yeah, who, but, 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 you just could, but you couldn't do it. You couldn't <laughs> yeah. go back up yeah. to him? No, no. And Mary said, I, you could get the best intro from me. I can talk about sugar and the high lows and other, and I, like she's pitching it to me. And yeah. I was still like, no, I'm going to save it and tell it on a podcast. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't do it either, man. I, I'd be right there with you. I feel like that would be that you don't want to relitigate that. You don't even want to do it here with three, with three guys on a podcast. <laughs> Trent, Trent I, I have a, a special surprise for you. Chandler, please unmute Garth Brooks. <laughs> right now. Garth, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember during your Nickelback challenge that an Australian radio station wanted yeah, to do that so, with you? So, so Trent, I think we might, I might have told you the story. <laughs> like back in the day, so we're doing this thing this week called Impact Week where we're raising money for organizations by doing stupid stunts. These stupid stunts. So yesterday yeah. we sat in a room and we put essential oils into a fog machine and just see how long we could last. Um, <laughs> But early, <laughs> it was we horrible. We the podcast I, studio. My, my nose, like my nostrils are still like singed on the inside. On the drive home, my son told me, daddy, please shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my eyes haven't stopped watering and I feel a little nauseous even so. But um, don't put essential oils into a fog machine and sit in a room with it for two hours. It's yeah. a funny idea. Four hours. Yeah. It's we were in here for four hours. Yeah. But it all started is like years ago on this podcast. We were, we were talking about how people will do like races and things to like, you know, marathons and stuff to, uh, you know, raise, raise money, money for yeah, organizations. For yeah. And so we thought it'd be funny to do something that was non-physical, a psychological challenge. So someone challenged me to listen to the Nickelback catalog on a loop. Like at that time, I think it was like eight albums for a week straight. 24 and hours a day, seven days straight. No breaks, sleeping through To raise it. money for charity water. And so he yeah. did. And we started talking about it on this podcast and then international media started picking it up because there's this rando podcaster yeah. who's listening to Nickelback to raise money for charity so, water. So dude, it became like this viral story, right? So I was doing interviews with like Entertainment Tonight and like MTV and BuzzFeed and stuff because yeah. they were just like, oh, it's a funny thing. Well, and I'm making fun of Nickelback the entire time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is basically every interview, I put the pedal to the floor with Nickelback jokes. Like, I was, it was unrelenting. Yeah. And then this Australian radio station. They were touring Australia at the yeah, time. They, yeah, yeah. This Australian radio station hit me up on, on they DM me and was like, hey, man, we got Chad Kroger coming on to the morning show oh, uh, tomorrow morning. Can you call in? And what we're going to do is we're going to have him. This is this is their pitch to me. This is a sickos and I'll show this pitch. They're like, we're going to be interviewing Chad Crow, the lead singer of Nickelback. And we're going to talk about the, the this thing that you're doing. The Nickelback challenge. And he's going to get all riled up because Nickelback did. They did not think it was funny. So surprisingly, they don't have the best sense of self-awareness and humor about this whole thing. <laughs> and, and so they're like, Shocking. we're going we're to talk to him about it. And when he gets all riled up about it, we're going to unmute your line and you can confront him. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, here's the thing, it, dude. Hey, Trent, here's the thing. I like called camera. I'm like, yeah. should I do this? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, 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 I no, was no. kind of in. I was kind of in. The camera's like, this is only going to end badly. But uh, it was probably yeah. the great good advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to protect Jesse from himself. Can uh, I spend, 
I haven't. I don't think I've uh, mentioned this story yet. But I, since we're getting our like celebrity, embarrassing celebrity moments, did you go up to Did you go up to Trent Dabbs and Pancake Pantry and sing to him? <laughs> is this the way this is going? <laughs> I don't know if you're looking at the screen right now, but I am that Tyler Huck, and I never heard back from you about the song. And it's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I don't care. I, I've forgotten yeah. about it, honestly, until you came up. Uh, I, I, it's not like I've been losing sleep over my single called Get in the Hole. It's a, it's a golf anthem. It's <laughs> Get in the Hole. I'm that guy. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a hit. Just, yeah. But you're lost, fire, quite frankly. But this was this was a couple of years ago, and for relevant, <laughs> I'd gone to New York to do a junket for the Amazing Spider-Man Two, which we were covering at the time. Yeah, and we were. I, I was sat in a hotel room with my back to the door, and they would bring in the stars one by one, and so I'd just be sitting there, and I turn around. First, they brought in uh, Jamie Foxx was in that movie, uh, Andrew Garfield, who we had a long, really good conversation with, and I'd been told the biggest star in the movie then and still now is Emma Stone. And I've been told Emma's not doing press for this movie. We're not going to be able to get her for this. That was fine. And then, so I'm sitting there. We just wrapped Andrew Garfield. I thought that was it for the day. Door opens. I feel a hand on my shoulder and a voice says, ooh, nice jacket. And I look up and it's Emma Stone who's touching my shoulder and saying, nice jacket. Wow. And that, that moment. Oh, yeah. That it, moment, oh, yeah. It's so humiliating for you, Tyler. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is I wasn't married at the time. Uh, you know, so I, and I, in my mind, I'm like, this is how it happens. This is how, like, you know, in a few years, Emma Stone and Tyler Huckabee run away together. That They met, they hit it off in an interview, and that was it. She sat down across from me and just was, like, ready. You know, she said, so she sat down, looks at me expectantly, and guys, I had nothing i had i oh, was no. i had not i started writing on my notepad that i brought with me but it was just little circles uh i was pretending to be writing like important notes or like pulling oh. questions up and so my the first words out of my mouth were exactly this i just went are you are you no that's great no did she get up and walk out <laughs> that she laughed. I think this probably happens to her a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but I didn't have I didn't have anything ready to go. So I just had to scramble because I hadn't even known I was going to be doing an interview with her, uh, let alone somebody of that. So I just had I started pulling from my Andrew Garfield questions yeah, of course. about what it was like to be in the suit, the Spider Man suit, which she was not in this movie. It was it was the worst bar none, the worst interview oh, that, that I've ever done for this magazine, probably oh, for any magazine. Oh my gosh! I, wow. I, but how cool did you feel when she like? Do you have that jacket on a special hanger just in the back of the he, closet? He gave it to the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. It was it's it's my favorite. I I still got the jacket. I haven't worn it since, and I don't really feel like you feel you feel you don't, briefly you, you very don't cool want like rain to wash off her handprints. Yeah, yeah. Well, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> but I don't know about that. Well, we have a great show coming up for you later. Not only is Trent Dabbs sitting in for the whole show, he's got a slice and everything. Okay. Yeah. Not only is Trent Dabbs joining us, but later um, we have live in-studio performances with Johnny Swim. Two songs coming up. One with Johnny Swim and uh, Drew Holcomb. And then another uh, single with just Johnny Swim. Uh, in between those performances, we're going to tell you about the new issue of Relevant, which is coming out this week. Uh, it features, oh, I don't know, Johnny Swim on the yeah. cover and some amazing content, some huge names in the issue. Um, I cannot wait for you to hear these songs and uh, tell you about the issue. So that's coming up later. But first, moving the show along, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so I saw this one. I saw this story, and I really want to discuss it because it was, it's a little disturbing to me. Uh, a new study 
uh, has found <laughs> like the, the people have known for a long time that if you smile at your cat or a dog or whatever, like they react, like they know when you get in a room, like the dog wags the tail, but they wanted to see if farmyard animals will recognize human emotions. Not only did they find that. So what the, what they did farmyard is farmyard like, animals like goats, like sheep, goats, chickens, yeah, exactly cows. stuff that stuff that will eventually eat. Okay. Right. Okay. So stuff that you don't Edible want to be, animals. It, yeah. It, it's stuff that if you smile at, you don't, you're kind of sending a weird, sick, mixed message, yeah. right? Uh, you're smiling at your food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So not only... And, and first off, this was a team at Queen Mary University of London. These people are... Known for their farms. And known for producing complete psychopaths. Because here's what they did. <laughs> the goal of the research, the goal of this research was not only to find if they react good to... If they react positively to like positive emotions, like smiling faces, because they use... They, they basically showed goats pictures of happy faces and sad faces and then notice how the goats interact with each other afterwards uh, of, of sad. They found out that this is this is where I was like, oh, boy, this is this is horrible. They found out that the meat will taste better if they're around happy people all the time. So literally, you have to walk. Ar- so they went around doing all these studies and, and they then slaughtering and <laughs> eating the test subjects. Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. <laughs> I'm going to eat you and your family. And it's like, dude, that's oh, no. going to be a gr- delicious goat burger. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I also want to bring one more. Uh, so, so, so this is like the free range thing on the next level. So not just happy animals because they're grazing and they're not in pens. Yeah. But we're going to go mean, out there and encourage them. I mean, I guess it's good for the animal. Like, I mean, because, I mean, if, if they're having an... <laughs> If they have an impending slaughter coming, right? right? Like if they know, if their fate is they're going to be, be eaten, at least you can be around people who are pretty chill all the time and not all irritated. Well, that's why Kobe beef is supposedly so good because they those cows, ha- yeah, they only are fed beer and then they're massaged every day. I, I was going to say, it's a short it's life. A, it's a short life. It's a great life. But it's life. the, it's the <laughs> Kobe beef have the greatest life of any living thing on earth right now because you are born giving beer and getting massages most of the day. Yeah, yeah. Like that's your whole life. Yeah. You know, and then your I mean, life is gotta, over. If you got to go out, you know? Yeah, exactly. We Ex- all die you know. sometime. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, I wanted to bring one more because this you got a twofer. Yeah. A twofer, a twofer day. Okay. So, uh, uh, Cameron, you, are you familiar with the, the hip hop artist, little Uzi vert? Yeah, of course. So he's was- not little, it's Lil, L-I-L. little, little, yeah. little, it's this one. That's why this is not a big story. Cause it's little. <laughs> oh, it's the other one. Yeah. It's the, other it's one. the it's kids bop version. Yeah. Yeah. Secondary slide. Little, yeah. the young Uzi bird. Yeah. The kids little. bop where they do like, where they have children do weird improvised versions of like Cardi B and stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So he was performing a concert in Connecticut this weekend. And I, I just love how this all transpired. Uh, someone, I, you know, I guess they, they figured Trent, this is like you, this is like, this is like an over, um, zealous evangelist essentially saying, I'm going to shoot my shot with little Uzi Vert right now. Uh-huh. And right. Wait, wait, so you're saying Trent, young Trent Dabbs was like a overzealous evangelist. Well, I'm just saying, I know yeah. I'm saying it's someone who I shot their I'm, shot. I don't think I'm representing myself very well here, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's someone who shot their shot when they saw okay, it. Okay, okay. So they went to, they were, they were sitting around they were, they were like high in the front of the, you know, of the concert venue. And they decided to throw a Bible at him. And I, evidently in hopes of him, maybe he'll read this. You never know. Maybe he'll read this and be like, you know, I'm going to turn my life around. You know, like Wait, he threw it at him. Like, like you throw a shoe. Yeah. They threw like, it like, like a backward striper concert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So instead of like throwing Bibles out into the crowd, along right. with, you know, water bottles and communion things that, that he threw. Striper they, did that. 
They used to feed the crowd Bibles at the end of their show. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I never went to a Striper concert. Well, they were, they were amazing. Did you, have you seen Striper live before Trent? I have. I, I, when I was in ninth grade, it was a concert I, I went to with my dad. And at the end of the concert, he said, I didn't understand a single word they said except for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> except for that falsetto Jesus before the eight yeah. minute guitar solo. I saw Petra a number of times, uh, but I never saw Striper. How was Petra? I, I mean, not good. The thing about Striper is they, they were, they're kind of ahead of the time because they had like the cover of one of their albums. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the cover of one of their albums, I believe, is like a battle van. Like it's a, it's a van with like a, it's all yellow and uh-huh. it's got a black stripe on it. And for some reason, the members of Striper who are wearing like sort of like matching yellow uniforms are heavily armed with guns and like really? r- like rocket launchers and stuff. Well, they're soldiers under command. Yes. <laughs> to hell to and, hell with the devil. In that era I was listening to like gospel gangsters yeah. and T Bone, who also were soldiers under command, but you yeah. know, a different different war. But they well, were battling demons. Yeah. Well, so the the little Uzi Vert, it, it it turned out best case scenario for the Bible thrower. Because not mm-hmm. only did he pick it up mm-hmm. and open it, he started reading from it. Just he just randomly opened the page and started reading it to it in the crowd. During the concert. During the concert and started like freestyling to the Bible. So this is best case scenario. Yeah, so, that's that guy's living the dream. That evangelist. Oh, so I think the only thing that this this the one thing clearly that it tells us is that if you are going to a concert and you don't know the spiritual beliefs of the artists and 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 Trent, you're in the industry. I'm sure they appreciate this. Launch yes. Bibles up onto the stage at them <laughs> because that's the only. You know, you spread the gospel at all times when necessary. Throw a Bible at a human who's not expecting to catch it. I mean, if you're going to choose between a, a bottle or a Bible, then you're good. There you go. There you go. So, Lucy Vert, you know, have you ever had anything thrown us. at you during a show, Trent? Uh, no, just song titles that weren't mine. Free <laughs> <laughs> like, like bird, or like, like people were confused about who they were watching. No, just you know the the Skinner joke and uh, things like that. Just. Any random song that they happen to like. <laughs> they want to see your version of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're saying we want to see them or we want to see you <laughs> sing the song. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't ask. Like, I just kept going like I didn't hear. So so, so you, the assumption is <laughs> the assumption is that maybe they bought a ticket for the venue for the wrong night and are, are chanting songs because they thought Leonard Skinner was. Supposed oh, to be no, no, no. They gave it's Trent. Tr- they gave him a fair shot. Just halfway through, they would like to mix it up and see something else. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, uh, one of my friends told me that when he watches a band that he's not a, a fan of, after their, I think, second song, mm-hmm. he says, one more song. It's <laughs> 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 horrible. Yeah, What's it's, the, not, it's not nice. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I assume, you know, you've had a lot of memorable concert experiences like, you know, awkward or uncomfortable moments while performing. Do you care to share any of those with us? Um, I, I can tell you that uh, on the tour that we did with Casey Musgraves, the Sugar and the Hilos tour with Casey Musgraves in the UK, was the first time that I was using in-ear monitors. And that's something that, I mean, you you see it every performance on TV, like the the artist that ha- it has a, something in their ear, you know, and, um, and it's literally like sticking a microphone in your ear and hearing your own voice. That was the first time I experienced that. And that was two nights before we were playing Royal Albert Hall. (gasps) And so 
already I'm nervous, but we're, we're playing the show in front of like 1500 people. I say something in between songs and it was completely silent. And I was like, <clears throat> like, like, clipping my throat for a second. Yeah. Like, one, <laughs> two, three. you know, it's like, here's the next song. Well, what had happened was, um, I didn't know that you were supposed to have a mic facing the crowd so you can get the ambience from the crowd. And oh, you can because your in-ear monitors like blocked it so, all out. So it was messing right. with you. You thought nobody was responding to the music. You, but you yes. just can't hear. And You're I just deafened. Wet. I looked like I took a shower with my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so the nervous sweat breaks out. And that, at that point, it's just impossible. There's nothing holding it back. But, but the, the crowd's into the music. Yeah, you, but just you just don't, don't know, know that the whole time. So I, it was it was really an, an internal breakdown. It's all that was. Oh, oh my god, that's terrible. I was like, it was like you're already nervous about something. You're presenting it, and then while you're doing that, you're thinking, "Well, I guess I can like it enough for everyone here. Let's see what happens." <laughs> well, thankfully, you, thankfully, you had a little bit of experience with that with the Garth Brook in, encounter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, what are, yeah. what are what when you really want to get the crowd pumping, really going? You know, like you're taking from a nine to an eleven. <laughs> Do you got any go-to moves? Is there a leg kick? Is there a, yeah. I, I got to say, you know, I mean, the old school, the, the kick drum, hand clap in the air for on the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, if, hey, here's what I say about that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. People love that. People love it. Let's get them all up. And now everybody just, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> One more song. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, what do you have, Tyler? All right. So this is a study. I'm just curious about uh, you guys' take on this study. Because I, I I found some parts of it surprising and some parts parts of it kind of made sense. Uh, this is a new study from Lifeway Research that says uh, 57% of Protestants under 50 say they prefer to go to church with people who share their political views. Um that got a lot of like attention, I feel like, but it also kind of made sense to me. Like, yeah, 57% of Protestants under 50, that probably checks out. That sounds about right. I'm glad it's not like much higher than 57%. Um, but one thing that really surprised me about this, that didn't get as much attention, and I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts on why this might be, is, uh, is that the younger you got in this study, the more people wanted people in church to share their political views. It, I really would have thought it'd be the other way around. Um, but according to the study, um, 39% of Protestants 50 to 64 agree with the statement, I want people in my church to share the same political views. Um, only 33% of Protestants 65 and up agreed, but 61% of Protestants uh, 18 to 49 agreed with the statement. Um, does that fly in the face of what you would expect at all? Oh, 100%. That's yeah. shocking. I would, I would expect that demographic to be more open politically. And, and because at least like that's sort of like the image that I feel like a lot of people in that demographic want to foster is that they're open to diverse ideas and want to, you know, challenge themselves with their political ideology. But, you know, it's interesting that the research shows it's complete opposite. Well, I mean, it was like back in the last two elections, frankly. And I mean, anecdotally, we observed a lot of our audience, um, you know, our audience being Christian millennials, primarily 18 to 39 is like 93% of our reach. Um, that there was a lot of support for Obama, a lot of support. There was a lot of, like, it was like, hey, look, we're going to be the Christians who can kind of reach across the aisle. Yeah. It's a more centrist kind of ideals, more social good, you know, more more tolerance than, you know, the more dogmatic right wing, right? 
but we also knew that our audience was very pro-life. I mean, like uh, just categorically every survey that younger Christians are actually more pro-life than older Christians. And so we didn't know how those two things would match up. And so we observed a lot of like talk and verbal and public support more for the non-traditional candidate uh, for Christians to support uh, leading up to the election. But then the exit poll showed that like 85% of Christian millennials voted Republican in in both elections, like significantly high. And it was just like, whoa, those two things didn't match up. And it was really when they got in the voting booth, they just couldn't cross the abortion line, you know? And and they kind of like maybe wish that, the Republican platform would broaden or whatever, but they just couldn't cross that one issue. And that's interesting. That's an interesting thing too, that it was surprising that like anecdotally leading up to the election, it's like, well, actually things are changing. Maybe, I don't know. And then they actually didn't uh, when the actual results came in. So, so Tyler, this one says it's, this wasn't looking at the actual congregations, but what they said was their preferred what their preference was. Yeah. They would prefer to go. Prefer, to- yeah, this doesn't have any. And there were, some of the study did get into whether or not they thought the people in their church did share their political beliefs, which obviously most people did. It's a safe bet in this country if you're a, if you're a Protestant. I don't think this is going to shock anybody to find out you probably have a lot of Republicans around you. But but the, um, but the question is, this- a question I have is like, did they just talk about like, you go to a church with people who kind of see the world the same way you do, or you go to a church that is like uniformly Republican. I, well, well, well I, I think they were saying what, what, you because like there's more to. progressive congregation. Yeah. You but, would be drawn yeah, to that. But, but, if but there's a more didn't stipulate which political party, it just said politics. Generally. I just want to be I, around people who see the world the way I yeah. do. That's yeah. interesting. So tribalism is even stronger and younger in the church, in the which church. is fat, which is, it, you know, probably should be. The Cause opposite. we, yeah, we actually do. You know, you would think like, you know, I want diversity. I want to be challenged. I want to have a more, you know, uh, tolerance for other perspectives around me. You would think that that would be the desire, but they're saying like, actually, I just want to be around people who see the world the way I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I think there is probably a sense, and this is all anecdotal at this point, but it's been one I've observed in, in other people and, and probably in myself too, where there is a desire for more diversity in terms of, uh, in terms of like, thought and opinion in a lot of ways, maybe in terms of race and gender, there is still that, that political tribalism is that is sort of the last bridge of diversity. And as our, as our world gets more and more, as at least our country gets more and more politicized in which a lot of moral faith issues become polit, become political in nature. Uh, it gets harder to cross that political divide because it has less and less to do with just policies. It also has to do with a lot of beliefs about humanity and what I believe about what, what I value and, and who I value even sometimes. So I understand a little bit of the the mentality there, um, which might explain some of why it's getting increasingly divisive for younger generations too. It's interesting because like the, tr- the Twitter tribalism, like mm-hmm. you would say, like, I don't want to have political views in my feed. So I, I remove people who say stupid stuff, whether it be more liberal or more conservative than the way you see the world. So you're actually exposing yourself to a narrow, narrower and narrower group of per- or perspectives. And so now it's like, that's filtering into like how you want to have spiritual and social connection as well. Yeah. I don't want to have to be frustrated with people who are too liberal or too bigoted or too small minded or too left or right. I want to be around people who I think are right. Yeah. You know, but, frankly. but, but, but that just creates echo chambers. Right. Okay. Well, that, yeah, yeah. whatever your group is, yeah, it's an echo chamber. And, and obviously 
you know, the savvy thing to do is like, well, you know, read news sites or watch the channels that you disagree with. Yeah. So you have a variety of intakes, blah, blah, blah. Nobody does that though. Yeah. Unless you're doing it like literally like anthropologically, as, anthropologically yeah. as a student to say you're doing it. Yeah. You know? And it makes it really hard for people, you know, just to get personal, just to be open and vulnerable here. It makes it really hard for people like me to be able to find a church I like because I have some very fringe political ideology. <laughs> and frankly, <laughs> and frankly, not many churches welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking really, really it is i mean the things i are you talking about my ideology yes. because i would agree it's pretty shocking yeah, but uh you know the fact that so many pastors are you know just literally running the other direction when i confront them about these things it's you know because oh, you like when you visit want, a church you confront the they pastor don't want do you throw a bible they don't, they don't want my literature <laughs> 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 so i you know hey tyler well, I, thank you for bringing that brother it, it really uh <laughs> well yeah I, really no sorry it's explaining some things it's explaining some things <laughs> for me well i can't find, <laughs> can't find well, you home. and dana have been church hopping for 15 years yeah and why i'm on the no fly list so it's uh <laughs> you know i do appreciate your hard work there tyler with this research. <laughs> All right. With his debut slice, what do you have Trent dabs? Oh, well, uh, you know, they say fake it till you make it. You've heard that term before. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm living that. Trent, you've spent a couple days with me. I, I work as, you know, in the editorial department of a, of a media company. I am the definition of faking it till I make it. So I mean, this, this, this is going to lead back to our fishing trip. No, okay. um, <laughs> Fake it till you make it, but what if you can fake it till you make it and then fake it some more? There's a air guitar competition that went down uh, last Friday. It was the World Championship Air Guitar <laughs> Competition. Um, there was 15 contestants from North America, Europe, Asia, Australia. Oh this is a global event. People traveled yes, for this. this. The Olympics. Yeah. And uh, apparently... It didn't even matter if it was raining, um, but it, it hmm. took place in Finland. And these guys' names, I, I just, and I can only envision how epic this was. And I would imagine you'd have to be sitting pretty close to the front of the stage to actually judge this competition. Right. Um, but these names, the Ginger Assassin, mm. Lord Scrapped. The, <laughs> did you say the Ginger Assassin? <laughs> no, that, that would actually be even better. The the ginger assassin, okay, um, because of his red, his red, red mane. hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. The carrot top um, of the air guitar world. We're very familiar. Cross between that and ninja, probably. Yeah, ninja assassin. <laughs> ginger assassin. And you had Lord Scrat of France, and uh, he wore a, a cheetah print leggings. I mean, you mm. can just you can. Mm. I guess what you would think is probably true um, about you know the look and everything of the whole. Uh, uh, competition. How seriously do these do these contestants take it? Did it give any indication of like, are these people, do they train for this? Train all the time. And I mean, this is a world, God, they fly so far to perform for these people. And I, I to me, <laughs> I have, yeah. this is, I don't know if this is sad or not, but to me, it's such a sense of selflessness like shamelessness, not selflessness, let's go with shamelessness, that, I mean, in writing with somebody every day, the best way to write a song is to be shameless. It's pretend like you're uh, 15 years old playing your first guitar chord and you feel those feelings. Yeah. Um, 
And it's the hardest thing to ask of somebody. You're like, hey, we just met. Can you just be shameless and pretend you don't care, even though this is all you care about? Um, so I, this was somewhat inspiring to me in the weirdest way because I thought, these people are just, they're carefree. Yeah. I, like, I think about this and I think about the hours. To be a global level, a world-class air guitarist. My thought is, I mean, that's, it takes time. Yeah. It takes discipline. Especially, it takes practice. It, it, well, My thought is, why don't you just pick up an actual guitar and put the time into learning the because, instrument be, instead of because, the yeah, pretend be, one? Well, because, can I, here, I have an answer for that. Because you can either be like a good guitar player in a world filled with good guitar players. Sure. Or you, like, what's better at a party? It's like, hey, hey, dude, I play guitar. You know what's worse at a party is someone who finds a guitar like in a random room and starts noodling mm-hmm. at the front of the house for the party. It's like we get it. A lot of people play guitar. <laughs> but if you're like, if it's and it's like, hey, did you hear about uh, Ginger? No, what's up? Well, he, you know, <laughs> nice to meet you, pal. He's the, he's the world global champion of air guitar. At the, yeah. Everyone in the party is like, okay, we got to see you it. Put on some striper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Put on a sweet child of mine right now. Yeah. And let's let her rip. So, so, Jesse, you're saying the rarity of that is more attractive because if you were at a party and a guy was like, you guys mind if I play a little guitar for you and people start gathering around, it's like, okay, you know, this guy's showing off on, on his terms, yeah. but there's an equality that you would feel if, if, if he's like, no, I'm, I'm about to lip sync with my fingers. I am the best at lip syncing with my fingers. <laughs> You're just okay yeah. with yeah. the actual and, guitar. And let me ask, let me ask this. Give me one of those names again, Trent of the, of these the ginger assassin. What, what, well, my, Lord Scrat. Okay. Um, so, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. You can be like, hey, uh, we're going to go out and hang out tonight. Well, you can hang out with my friend Doug, who uh, can play Stairway to Heaven flawlessly, even the yeah, solo. Sure. Or you can go, we can go with Lord, Lord Scrat. Or we can hang out with my buddy Lord Scrat. He's fin- Finnish and is the world champion air guitarist. I'm like, dude, Lord Scrat <laughs> is going to be the greatest night of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't true. know what kind of like debauchery I. I might be in for, right. but I'm hanging out with Lord Scrat, the air guitar guy. Yeah. Especially since he wears knee pads. I mean, that's telling. <laughs> well, it's like volleyball. It's like a volleyball player. You know, you're going to be sliding across the floor a lot in your knees. You got like, he's because like the air guitar things, it doesn't really matter with your fingers. You know, the sure. piano player, he's like, hey, don't touch my hands. These hands are my life. Right. You know, it's like for the air guitar, it doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. If, if you, if you get a knee injury, that's the if your career and over. Yeah, career, if you tear an ACL in the air guitar game, <laughs> career over. Because you're not doing the Angus Young one footed jump hop yeah. across no, the not, stage. Not with a torn ACL. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you blow out that knee, yeah. these knees are my life. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not knee sliding pads. across. These guys are, you know, I'll say this: guitar players are are musicians. Admirable yeah. profession. Sure. Uh, it's great. Air guitars are elite athletes. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, ever watch sports science on ESPN? Yeah. Where they have that 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 nerd like breakdown, like you know, when the ball leaves his hand at three hundred miles per hour and it's curving, and it's like no one cares. I would love a sports science on on air guitar. You know, just to, just to see the physical maneuver because they're like got long hair and are like headbanging and twirling and stuff, right, Trent? Yep. Yeah. Oh. And apparently with, with with his set, he. Uh, let balloons loose, so which I don't know how that goes into play. And he Props. flew uh, the crowd kisses, um, which I guess was had to be <laughs> after nice the touch. performance. Dude, <laughs> wait, wait, he threw Hershey's kisses into the crowd. 
Or he actually went and kissed <laughs> her. She's ki- he he threw he just blue threw kisses. Bibles. Oh, blue yeah. kisses threw, to the cop. And then yeah. threw Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> he threw, yeah. Hey, Trent, here's the thing, man. I am like so tempted for real to yeah. do that to like enter next year and like <laughs> take it to like a next level. You know, like I'm talking. I want to have like Siegfried and Roy status. Like, Jesse, I relevant want, would sponsor you. I would pay for you to enter I, the air. I would air want. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Jesse. I, I I might. It might be worth like canceling a tour to yeah, fly say, to yeah, see you. We would, we would do it. <laughs> because yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I think these guys are is like, if the big prop is, is he lets balloons glow. I Dude, I am, I'm going to go pyrotechnics. I'm going to have two white tigers and yeah. I'm going to have a foot on each of their backs. I'll be <laughs> smiling with them beforehand so yeah. they're in a good mood. Yeah. And if for some reason things are desperate and we need to eat the rare white tigers. <laughs> they're happy. They'll taste delicious. Well, it's going to be in a country that yeah. it's not going to frown on yeah, that type no, no, of no. thing. Finland, anything goes. Yeah. Although you talk the talk, but I'm going to call your bluff. On our 10-year anniversary live podcast. I did it, dude. After the Nickelback Challenge, <laughs> we did a live podcast event where 800 people traveled in from around and the world to join us in, 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 a, in a theater. And we announced that at the end of the show, we would have a very special live music performance. We tried to get Nickelback there. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't answer our calls. For some so, reason. But we got Nickelback with like misspelled and we actually put a live band together of musicians mm-hmm. and you fronted the band playing the role of Chad Kroger and did a Nickelback uh, medley. I did. And I didn't even lip sync. I sang it. My you own did, vocals, which were horrible. And you talked the talk for months and months. All the tigers and all the things. And then the day of the show, <laughs> dude, dude. you were so nervous. Hey, what? <laughs> You yeah, because were I was not- actually singing. There's a huge difference here. If you were going, hey, Jesse, why don't you go enter the world championship for guitar solos? Yeah. I would probably be pretty nervous yeah. because I don't know world championship guitar <laughs> solos. You asked me to go sing. I sang, even though I'm not a singer. We this wanted is, you to say, we wanted you to do the ridiculous. This, you were so nervous. You were a shell of the Chad Kroger listen, persona listen. that you, per, that you I, purported here's, to here's be. Here's what I remember of that, of that weekend was... T- Jesse, the backstage, while we were all getting ready to go out front with printed off sheet lyrics for all these Nickelback songs, <laughs> and you're just whispering themselves to your, whispering the lyrics out loud yourself. And he came out with a, with a big mullet wig, and he, yeah. and he donned okay, the, the he, rock t-shirt. Exactly, I the, did it, and the people loved it. And yeah. secondly, secondly, it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It was for the people. It yeah. was rad as heck. <laughs> For one, <laughs> two. There's a huge difference here. Okay, mm. you're, you're, you're uh, that is actually performing as a musician, I just, which I, I am just not, remember- hold on, hold on. <laughs> that is actually having me perform as a mi- musician. Uh-huh. The second one is having me dance like I'm playing air guitar. Yeah. There is a massive difference yeah. here. I'll put my money where my mouth is. I, Trent, we're gonna. I'm gonna find out the entry form, yeah. and I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna have a like. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna put wheels on a jet ski because jet skis are cooler than motorcycles, and come out there on a jet ski <laughs> on a wheel jet ski. And people are gonna be like, "What is this guy? He's really taking it up a notch." Heck yeah, I am, dude. I'm going to win. How I'm are you gonna have, get that thing to Finland? Well, I mean, Relevant's gonna sponsor, and the shipping costs alone, the shipping costs alone, yeah. are gonna be in the six figures because I've got, got props, I've got dancers, I have, uh, you know, yeah, this one guy only has fireworks. balloons and blew yeah, some kisses. You're telling me the guy that won had balloons and blue kisses? <laughs> what a joke! Like, honestly, th- this is mine for the taking, is what it is. All right, you know? all I'm saying is you talked exactly like this about the Nickelback bit, and then when the crowd, when 800 people are sitting in that theater, I brought it. 
<laughs> this is like it, it was good. I like. Thank it you, was Tyler. Good. I, I thought it was great. Thank you. This is like when the the first scene that introduced the forward pass in football. Right? No one had ever seen it before, and it revolutionized the game. That's what these guys. <laughs> I, it, that's what these. That's what Jinja Assassin and these guys are gonna be yeah. like. You know, this is they didn't know what, they pre, don't know what hit them. There, there's this is uh, uh, you know. Uh, BCAD moment right here. Yeah. And we're, and we're witnessing it right here. The game has changed forever. I'm going to revolutionize this thing. All right. I believe you. We're gonna, you're going to need to send me the details on that, man. <laughs> nope, no problem. <laughs> and I'm not going to practice before. I'm going to wing it. <laughs> I, think, I think Trent should somehow back you up and participate. I think so, too. I mean, he's a professional. At least he, he can get the crowd going with their clapping above their head yes, and all that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just like Jesse, like, talking like the Ewan McGregor of, of air guitar. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't need to practice. It's like, I'm ready right. tomorrow. Well, that, because, because here's the, you have to You have to replicate all of the intricate finger Dude, movements. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit me, just like, I'm going to let the, the music lead my fingers, okay? <laughs> See, there's a thing called paralysis by over-analysis, right? People overthink stuff. These, right, of course. You you know, these, these dudes flying to Finland, they're, they're probably practicing that routine around the clock. Not me, man. I'm going to let the, the music and the spirit hit. Trent, and- you're a traveling musician. You perform in front of people all the time. Is it better to be over-prepared or under-prepared? I think over-prepared. Because then you get in the moment, then your I, mind can I, I be free. I think over-prepared, but it, you get in your head so much that... Exactly. I mean, That's I'm contradicting problem. myself because you get in your head so much that it, it's, it's, it's like, maybe I just should listen to Jesse and wing it. That's what I think so. That's what I think so. It's like the 10,000 hours, like the Malcolm Gladwell thing. It's like, great. I spent my 10 hours, 10,000 hours just chilling out and it was fantastic. Like I didn't waste it. Doing an air so you're guitar. Up more I didn't energy. do ways to do an art air guitar routine in my house like a psycho. Well, hey, Cameron, can I ask a, a quick serious question? Yeah. Do you, do you think that Jesse should be a life coach? I mean, if I... Let me think about this. Hold on. Because a, like generally, he's espousing a lot of these theories mm-hmm. and... I choose to not live them. And so I, I haven't really thought about what if somebody actually did follow his lead. I think uh, I, I'm trying to think what kind of okay, a life that person okay, would here's have. What I think Trent, I think we need, we need to like, honestly, like do this for real. This needs to, we need to have instead of listener of the week next week, uh-huh. someone needs to call in and they got to have someone with a lot of problems in their life. An advice column. You're yeah. talking about it. Like, being I, so advice? here's what, here's what's going to happen. Like ask Jesse. I would pay for this. Okay. This is going to happen. Trent next week. I'm putting out the call right now, right into the show. We'll pick one of you yeah. with a lot of problems, a lot, of, a lot of things you need, you need solutions to. And, uh, I, we will have you on. I will give advice and we will call you back one week later to see how your life's transformed. I, you, you know, have to take the <laughs> advice though. You, I can turn around. Well, all I need is seven days. If you listen to me, I, seven uh, days. Seven. I, you know, the only other life coach I can think of that I know it actually does life coaching you sign up for uh, on the internet is yeah. Carmen. Yeah. Carmen, Carmen does life coaching. CCM's I don't know right. which life coaching would be worse, yours or Carmen's, but I, I think it's close. I think we should here's give what, them here's both what a we shot. Do. We get two people. Carmen yeah. gives advice to one person. Jesse gives advice to the other. Right. Week later, we have them both come on, see whose life has had a more dramatic transformation. Yeah. But compare and contrast, you have the same person with the same problem, ask Carmen what to do and ask Jesse what to do. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll know. see if Carmen can get hop mm-hmm. on as well. Yeah. So then you do one week with Jesse's advice, one week with Carmen's advice. Either way, either way, I'm giving advice point. next week and I'm going to start not training for the Air Guitar World Championships. Well, so so if, you, if you're listening and you want to ask Jesse a question, mm-hmm. a dilemma you're facing in your life, maybe yeah. you're stuck in your career, maybe you don't know how to get out of a, a toxic dating relationship, maybe you might Tough have job maybe situation. you might have like met your your hero in the lobby of a pancake house mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just don't know what to do. Fails all this time. Next week. 
You can you can hit us up on Twitter with yep. hashtag Ask Jesse. Mm-hmm. And you, we will one select of you, one of you one to of come you on the will show. Be selected and to have your life transformed forever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. And I, I will invoice you too afterwards. And, and, <laughs> and we will have you sign something before you come on yeah. saying that you will not hold I'm relevant my, yeah, responsible have, for have, any of the things yeah, that Jesse have, tells you. I'll use the relevant lawyer. He's never steered us wrong. So. <laughs> Got, I was just say this guy's gotten us out of a lot of jams. We have a mafia lawyer on retainer that uh, he makes problems go away. Yeah, you it's know? the same guy Carmen uses. It's, exactly. it's fantastic. Um, okay, well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Johnny Swim joins us. to Young the Giant, the new single Superposition. At the beginning of the podcast here at Santa Gold with Run the Road. Well, today's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard with multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. ZipRecruiter sends your job opening to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They have this powerful matching technology where they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As as, uh, applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that 80% of employers get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. I can actually vouch for this. We have posted jobs on ZipRecruiter and uh, have gotten a ton of great candidates that way. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, relevant podcast listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T, in case you don't know how to spell our name. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Husband and wife duo... Abner and Amanda Ramirez, best known as Johnny Swim, have created a massive worldwide following for their blend of soulful vocals and Americana-inspired pop ballads. They recently released an EP with Drew Holcomb called Goodbye Road and are currently on tour with Need to Breathe in preparation for a new album due out early next year. Uh, They are on the cover of the new issue of Relevant, which we will tell you about next. And they stopped by our studios recently for some amazing live performances. You're about to hear a couple of the songs, but if you go to the podcast episode page or check out Relevant TV or go to our YouTube channel, uh, you will be able to see the gorgeous videos of the songs you're about to experience. Here is Johnny Swim performing We Can Take the World. We don't need calligraphy to write a fancy story Kings and queens would turn to thieves To find what we've been holding You and me We can take the world 
Sweethearts give sweet compliments But our love goes without saying Though you make it hard not to spill my heart Every time those hips go swaying You and me We can take the world Cause they can write stories And they can sing songs But they don't make fairy tales Sweeter than ours And they, they can climb mountains High into the sky Oh, but they can't take Just like love to find us, ain't it? Just like love, ain't it? Just like love to find us, oh, ain't it? Just like love, ain't it? Just like love, ain't it? Just like love, cause I ain't trying to pressure you. Just can't stop thinking about you You ain't even really gotta be my girlfriend I just wanna know your name And maybe sometime we can hook up Hang out, just chill Oh, no light we can take. 
That was Johnny Swim. Woo! Stay tuned. Up next, our new issue preview. Listening to Laney. The song is I Don't Want to Love You Anymore. You hear that, Jesse? I, I hear that all the time. I can't tell you. <laughs> After this week, people on Facebook and they've seen the ridiculousness. They Jesse, that's enough. I don't want to love you anymore. Fine. <laughs> I receive. I get it. I get it. Frankly, I get it. But I can't stop. <laughs> I don't want to, but but I have to. I want to give you a little behind the scenes. We're about to tell you about the brand new issue of Relevant, and for that purpose, we kicked Trent Dabbs off the show. Yeah. And he's he had coming nothing back. Nothing to do with this. He's coming back later. He Don't. literally had nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, it's an exciting time of uh, the bi month. It is the day that the new issue of Relevant releases right now, today. Yeah. It's the September, October issue of Relevant. It is issue number 95 for us. We're cl- closing in on that me and triple Huckabee, figure. Me and Huckabee had a conversation the other day about having issue 100 talks. Well, you know, do we got to do, do a blowout. Yeah, I, I mean, know, that's a I year know. from now. Yeah. It's next yeah. summer. I know we got to do a blowout. Yeah, Maybe exactly. it'll be the first relevant conference, a relevant event. Wow. Around Ooh, issue 100. Is that Teaser. possible? Do you want me to take all things are possible? Do you want me to, to take both primetime keynote spots? I'm happy to. Purpose. I'm happy to. I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody too excited, but I'll just say three words. Mitt Romney cover. <laughs> make of it, what, make he, of it what you will cover no line. guarantees but He's talks back. are happening talks are happening yeah the, the conference the relevant conference will be speaking worship magic <laughs> <laughs> period uh, Orlando magic yeah, exactly. yeah well, be doing the NBA all season. types of magic all yeah. types yeah. Johnson he'll be there <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the co-host yeah, yeah. hey the new issue of relevant is exciting uh, obviously we told you earlier that the cover is our friends Johnny Swim yeah. and that song was amazing they just did um, they have an, uh, they are in the throes of finalizing their new album yes. so this fall they'll be releasing a lot of new singles leading up to what we expect to be the January release of their new album um, they're also on a massive tour right now yeah with Need to Breathe yeah they're doing like you know, big amphitheaters, and they're all over and the they're country. playing Jimmy Kimmel, and they're. I mean, they are. Yeah. I, I I'm just saying this, blowing up. They are. They are. Johnny Swim has been amazing for years. Amazing. Yeah. One of my. But but they've almost been like one of these like cult following, passionate fan base. Yeah. But just hasn't had that radio single to break out. Mm-hmm. You're you're priming the pump with some Jimmy Kimmel. You're priming the pump with some big tours, some big collaborations. Yeah. Uh just they, mark my words now. 2019, the year of Johnny Swim. There's been a couple shows recently where Steph Curry and Aisha Curry have jumped on stage with them to sing along. Yeah, like, they're buddies. Okay, so Abner was here, right? You yeah. Know, and he likes basketball. Yeah. And he knows I like basketball. So we're talking about basketball. Yeah, sure. And uh, and I was talk. and I was like, you know, he, he thinks it's funny. Like, I mean, I'm kind of known around here. It's kind of like I'm, be, I'm becoming the unofficial mascot yeah. of the Orlando Magic. Yeah. I'm just like that, the, the the dude who yells a lot on the court, right? And I'm telling him a couple. I'm regaling him with a couple of my tales. Yeah. Okay. And I'm kind of like, let me hear some of your tales about about basketball. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, whoa, it was crazy. And I was just on the uh, championship parade float with the Currys. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell no you, big deal. I'll tell you, it's it was really hot. It was really hot up there. Um, 
they should have brought some fans. Well, hey, when I, I had talked, I was to like, him. "Are you kidding me? Hey, You're there with the curries on his better. float." <laughs> yeah, that's a flex. That's <laughs> called goodness. a flex. Oh my goodness! Right oh, that's a nice flex. story. Let me tell you this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he did ask. Nice, I, nice I, story of a player like looking at uh, you, looking in your you know, looking at you as you yeah. yelled at him during a game. Yeah. You know what? I was telling Steph, "Hey, do you have a fan? I'm a little hot up here on your dinner the other night." Yeah, yeah. That's funny you say that. Thanks, While they're giving birth to their child, I was in the hospital room. Let me warn you, public. If you're ever if you're ever talking to Abner, he'll, he's going to one up you. Yeah, if don't ever share a story with Abner. He's going to one up. And, you. and okay, so since we're on the topic, I love the story that we did with them. Like, not only does it, I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a ton and a lot of like stuff that was pretty vulnerable that I don't think they would have told those stories to many people. I, I mean, absolutely agree. You know, some some tragedies and hardships in their lives and their relationship, but also, uh, you know, how kind of faith brought them through it. It was, is a fascinating and story. And how they met. It's, it was hilarious. Yeah. Actually how they met. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd heard a version of that story before, but they, they go into detail. They all oh, detail. And like, you notice how the, before they met, like the time they met and when they started dating was like a year or like oh, it no. was a, a, an extended period oh, no. of time. He was chasing her for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So but she, you didn't, get all those, she didn't have any hey, time listen, for his sort. We did. We did all the juicy details in the story. Yeah. Yeah. So right, you want to check that out. It was yeah. really good. Johnny Swims on the cover. Go check it out. But the issue is packed with some other great stuff. What I'll tell you this. One of our one of our favorite bands that we've we've been chasing this band for for years, probably seven or eight years. We've been trying to get this band in the magazine because we know their faith story. We know they, I mean, they blew up in the mainstream. Uh, it's foster the people. Uh, remember back in the day, they had that yeah. huge breakout song pumped up kicks. Well, and now they have sit and next they, to me, but, but see, so, so yeah, that's the thing is like they, these, if you ever go to a foster the people concert, hit, 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 yeah. hit. You don't even realize how many hits they've had. It's crazy. It, and they they keep going. And right now, they're topping the charts again. Yeah, was, and playing all the late night shows and, uh, you know, out on tour. And the thing is, when we talked to them, it was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to hear a story that we've heard before. Right. And I want them, you know, so so I was able to talk to Mark Foster. We'll, we'll probably play some of this interview on the podcast in the coming weeks. I really think we got are, to because he opens up the reason why we couldn't get them when they blew up the first time wasn't because they weren't believers or something like yeah. that. It was because their publicists didn't want them to be outed as believers yeah. back well, in the day. And in and, and this interview, he talked, you know, Mark Foster talks not only about, um, you know, his faith, but also the crisis yeah, of faith. Yeah. A, a real had. crisis of faith because he struggled. I mean, and this isn't, this is stuff that he said on the record, you know, really struggle with addiction. You know, yeah. when he moved out to Hollywood to try and make it as a songwriter, he was roommates with Brad Renfro, the famous actor who ended up overdosing. And, you know, and Mark Foster, as he explains in this interview, went through a really dark time. And there's a song on their new album, which he gets into and how it's a prayer. It's directly him talking to God and say, don't leave me here. This is, I I was surprised that, that, you know, when we started talking, he mentioned, I'm so glad we're talking about this because he doesn't get a chance to kind of talk about faith and, and this type of vulnerability. So, Fascinating story, and and plus their their latest album and this new single are is everywhere. So this is a great, again, a story that you're only going to read in relevant. There you go. Hey, here's a here's their new single. Speaking of vulnerability, you know, people getting emotional in an interview. Yeah. There was another one where we talked to somebody and they were getting choked up 
during the conversation. Like by a mugger? Yeah, I, I we I, they were getting mugged live in the interview. Exclusive, <laughs> exclusive, relevant content. I cannot believe the turn of the person's not famous. We just interviewed someone that we saw getting mugged, yeah. um, so, and he said, "Why are you having a microphone in my face? Why are you helping me?" It's that's the ti- that's that's the entirety of the story. That's, that's the title. But wow, we wow. wanted to get him back on to hear about what happened since. But I don't think he's, he's not returning poorly. I think it ended poorly. What an issue. No, no, tell, tell the story. No, no, no. Tell so, the story. so we had, so the, the big movie that's blown up this year, it's, it's been everywhere. And I'm sure during award, se- award season, we're going to hear a lot about it. It's eighth grade. Have you seen eighth grade yet? I uh, was at South by Southwest Film Festival mm-hmm. and it was all the buzz. Yeah. Right? And, that, and, that's and actually, then yeah. it was, it came out all the buzz. Yeah. And Cameron doesn't go to movies very often. So no, I have not seen okay, it yet. So, but everybody here has. So literally every staff I, I member. I caught it. I caught it just a couple of weeks ago. No, came yeah. to Nashville finally. And so when we were at South by Southwest, it was our own Tyler Daswick who made some you know connections with Bo Burnham's people because everyone's talking about this movie. Yeah. So the movie uh, you know gets ready to come out and uh, we reconnect and you know Bo is such an interesting figure because right now he's going to become kind of a, an it director. People are already Bo Burnham, putting, a huge YouTube star oh, comedian. Yeah. So he, he started off as a YouTube star thing, became a stand-up comedian. Right. He's got, I think three specials, three one hour specials. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this is his debut as a, as a writer and director. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, okay, the movie is um, eighth grade and it's through the lens of like an eight, eighth grade, a girl in eighth grade. And that was such an interesting approach. And why, you know, he kind of took that approach is, you know, as he explains in this interview on the internet, everyone's an eighth grade girl. Like everyone is someone who um, is involved in these conversations that have their very high stakes and people, their insecurities play out online. And he felt like this is the perfect lens to tell a story about what it's like to live in the digital age and talking about his own vulnerabilities and insecurities and, and of living in the spotlight. He got emotional and man, another just, interview that we're really privileged to be able to feature, I think. It's absolutely. Uh, speak, I mean, this issue is just packed with interesting people and big names. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we talked to Francis Chan, um, who, you know, pastored a mega church, famously kind of walked away from it, and is kind of coming back into a new embrace of what church should look like. I think we covered this on the on the podcast. We talked a little bit about the decision that Francis Chan has made and how he's managed his uh, his relative fame. I, I could not have more respect for that guy than I do. Anytime we get to feature him, it's so cool because I know how cautious he is with being featured, how uncomfortable he is with the spotlight, and how uh, how much responsibility he he takes in that. And uh, he he gives one of the best interviews, the the just the most reliable conversationalist that we ever have in this magazine. I love talking and, to him, and that's because I think you know that that comfort thing is because he says things that are going to make people uncomfortable. You know, he talks mm-hmm. about yeah, he yeah. questions the validity of vocational ministry. You know, I mean, that's I mean, what this, this is, talks about is that like yeah. like biblically, how are professional pastors even the model that we have? That's the thing. Like, this is a risky conversation for him yeah. to have, yeah. you know? I mean, he could isolate a lot of the people who are the ones that have supported him and bought his books, but he feels like this is a message people need to hear. I was kind of surprised he went there, to be honest, just because for that very reason. I mean, it it looks at the Western model of the Christian church and says, is this even 
close to the right direction. Yeah. I feel like he's got to keep his publicist just on pins and needles every conversation <laughs> because he says you stuff that what? could really yeah. get him in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But, uh, but man, it makes for a great, it makes for oh, a great yeah. talk. Yeah. If you uh, see CNN or have seen Comedy Central, you know one of our other feature guests, W. Kamal Bell is in the issue. Oh, yeah. That's right. And oh, yeah, that's right. He just said, <laughs> I, I, I forgot about it. It's, he's great. It's a great talk. But, you know, if you kind of like, you think, you know, he's an activist and a comedian and a writer, you think you kind of have him pegged. Now he's, He's a believer. Yeah. Th- well, because right when we're about to talk to him, his Netflix special just dropped. Yeah. Like it's, it's out right now. Um, and I was always intrigued by uh, United Shades of Grey, like his, um, you know, CNN show where he talks to all these interesting people. But he was totally comfortable. With, this is another conversation that really surprised me where, you know, he felt like, so that his show got a lot of attention, won Emmy's award, you know, he would sit down. So W. Kamal Bell is, is black. And he sat down in one of the episodes with someone in the KKK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he talked about what, what is the Christ-like model of talking with people that you disagree with so that you can not just only expose bad ideas, but present what a, a loving, gracious, and thoughtful response is. And he went there and talked about how his faith ties into everything he does. Unfortunately, we don't have time to tell you about every feature in depth. Let me tell you a couple of the other highlights. Uh, We talk about how to uh, get out of debt in your 20s without kind of hating your life, but, you know, being uh, mindful of uh, how to do that. Why you need a spiritual mentor. I mean, that again, is something that we all need. Uh, We talk about the rise of, this is bizarre, the new wave of horror movies that that really are kind of maybe the most faith-based films out there. So this story is crazy too, because of the people that we talked to. So we talked to the people behind like the A21 indie hereditary, but also the guy who uh, directed it, which was like a breakout hit is a Christian. And the uh, Hayes brothers and the, are Christians, right? The brothers that wrote um, uh, the conjuring and stuff yeah. like that are believers. And the, and the people behind the nun are Christians. Yeah. It's insane. And, and not just Christians, but taking their faith very seriously in the film industry and saying the best way I know how to g- talk about the things that interest me as a believer in Hollywood are through right now, currently are is through the, is through scary movies, through horror movies. And they, they make it, they make a great case. And for the it. depiction of spiritual warfare and demon possession and the supernatural and the cult. I mean, yeah. these are all real biblical, spiritual things. And when you put them on film, it's a horror movie, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's just, it's interesting. So we have a great uh, piece that gets into that trend, that industry. Yeah. We talked to Hillsong Young and Free. They have a brand new album out here is their first single. It's that time of year, you know, they're going back to campus, you know, college Mm -hmm. students, uh, graduate students, seminary students. All heading back. We're gonna. We got a gear guide. All the essential gear you need. Hey, this one was. I like have a love hate relationship with the gear guide because it's fun to put together. Yeah. You know, but I hate it because I'm like I want all of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got. Uh, we got a look at. Uh, we talked to one of our uh, favorite indie bands, First Aid Kit, yeah. the Swedish folk duo. Love them. Uh, um, we also, you know, it's election season. Talk about how. Do you vote your faith? This was this was a fun piece. That's I know your faith is more than one issue. Yeah, and that's what in and, and, and talking to people across the political spectrum, off the ideological. Yeah, you know what? Spectrum, when I was reading it, to be honest with you, 
the yeah. the very the the couple first quotes yeah. were from people who are a little bit more on the progressive end, and yeah. I was like, oh man, come on, guys. Yeah. And then boom, guys on, or then we talked to leaders on the far other side of the oh, spectrum, yeah. and uh, I was proud of our writer giving really equal airtime to believers on the full spectrum of thoughts on how to engage faith in the public square. It's a time where there's a lot of tension. And also, like on a somber note, um, we take a very thoughtful look at the, frankly, the suicide epidemic that's happening, um, not just with the famous names, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade and others, but, you know, that this is the, I believe, second leading killer of young adults. Even even this week, I mean, people on, on the site have seen, you know, there's a there's a pastor of a of large church in California, 30 years old, yeah. the mega church, and it took his own life. Yeah. And, it, you know, that's someone who was in the church and that this is an issue, you know, their church has issued like a really powerful response and but it's also a call that this can't be ignored. That yeah. this is this is a massive issue. That has I mean, suicide's affected probably all of us in some some way, shape, or form. And it, and it seems like you know, the more we're talking about it, the more we're making mental health and you know something that it's not hopefully not have as much of a stigma and it's something to ask for help and things like that. You would think that it would be getting better, but the the statistics show that it's actually getting worse. And it's just like this is something that the church has to take head on, yeah. man. Tyler, you you did a lot of work on this piece. What was the thing that surprised you most? You know, I and I I've, through, uh, through through relevant covered the I, I think what we can safely call an epidemic of suicide in the states a couple of times. But every time I I come across these stats, I'm surprised again. I think Cameron, the tension that you mentioned is uh, is a really big one because in the throes of a high of a high profile suicide, like what happened with Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade. There's always that temptation to just retweet that phone number, the suicide hotline. And uh, I, I believe in the suicide hotline. I know there's a lot of people who've had their lives saved by the suicide hotline. But the a lot of what I found in, in researching this, talking to experts, is uh, is how often the issue goes so much deeper than just needing someone to, to talk to. Uh, there's a, it's, it's more complicated than a lot of people who don't struggle with suicidal ideation uh, often realize. And sometimes those, uh, the well-meaning, well-intended things that we, ways that we respond when we hear about a suicide story can end up having the opposite effect that we intend them to. And this is something that we have gotten wrong for a long time. And and I I hope that, uh, this article, other articles like it can be part of, uh, us getting it right. Yeah. There you go. Also with the issue, our last words written by, uh, you know, you might have heard of him, Max Licato. Yeah. And not, not only that, in Front Matter, we have an interview with, maybe you heard of her, Christine, Christine Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of, you know, our, our favorite recommendations of uh, the latest music books and films. Uh, Fall TV Guide. The Fall TV Guide. Absolutely. This is a packed This is a packed Lots one. of stuff You're going gonna on. You're going to get your money's Back worth. Here. You are going to get your money's worth on this one. Go down and get it at your local newsstand. If they don't have it, ask for it. If you want to view the issue, you can see it in its entirety on relevantmagazine.com. And if you want to subscribe and support the cause, you can get the paper edition mailed to your house six times a year. Uh, There's a great deal going right now at relevantmagazine.com. Check it out. Check out the new issue of Relevant September issue. Johnny Swim's on the cover. Uh, And speaking of which, coming up next, another song by Johnny Swim.
You're listening to Tosh Sultana. The song is Free Mind. Well, uh, like we mentioned, when Johnny Swim uh, came through our studio, they were on their final date of a tour they were doing with Drew Holcomb to support the album that they did together called Goodbye Road. It, uh, it was phenomenal. So in our studio, just a little behind the scenes, we had Drew Holcomb. We recorded a few songs with him. You're going to hear those on an upcoming podcast. Uh, those videos will be online as well. Uh, we have some songs, obviously, with just Johnny Swim, like you just heard. And we did a couple of songs with them performing together. The way they blended. I mean, they 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 knew that, I guess they've sung together in the past and they knew they had some magic and they said, we got to do an album, we got to do a tour because the way that they blended together is just unbelievable. The song you're about to hear is actually Johnny Swim and Drew Holcomb performing together. This is Goodbye Road. I left my dear Trying to find adventure she spent years trading my whiskey out for seltzer Still I hear her voice in the pit of my failure You ride alone down Goodbye Road I kept my eyes Trying to find better weather Just to find It ain't getting any better And still I hear her voice So clear and so tender It's my tale to tell Down goodbye Strangers Artists and thieves Misfits, legends and lost refugees May not be where we thought we'd be But we made our home On Goodbye Road Said you were my queen Now you're just an old disaster Our sticks and stones Shouldn't be thrown from the pulpit pastor And when I hear that voice I try to move a bit faster I'd rather walk alone Down goodbye road Strangers, outcasts, artists and thieves Misfits, legends and lost refugees May not be where we thought we would be But we made our home down Goodbye Road The ghost of Saul, he laid down in a casket. Sometimes flowers grow in the soil of ashes. Pick them as you go down the barrow. 
put in the soil of ashes Pick them as you go Down goodbye road We made our home Down goodbye road That was Johnny Swim with Drew Holcomb. Mm. Go check out their album, Goodbye Road, and check out our feature with Johnny Swim in a brand new issue of Relevant. You're listening to Death Cab for Cutie. The song is Northern Lights. Uh, the, the, their album name, Thank You for Today. So I think that's a prayer. And mm. I think they're thanking the Lord. Good. Yeah. Good. I won't throw a Bible. Mark them on the list of people not to throw Bibles at. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Hey, uh, uh, hey, Trent Dabs, I actually am curious. How seriously or how much thought do you put into song and album titles? Um, a, lot, a lot of times I, it's the first part of the whole concept. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a concept writer. So I like with Southerner, I knew I wanted that title with decade fades, same thing. I'd, it helps to do that just to the, for the layout of each song. And so pretty far in mm. advance. I mean, sometimes that's the first thing. It's like reverse engineered sort of. Sometimes. Yeah. It's like that, that actually is interesting. It guides the lyrics. A yeah. lot of the, a lot of the songs we play in our breaks, a lot of indie bands and stuff just have kind of like ironic names, yeah. you know, that are kind yeah. of just funny and stuff yeah. that like, I wonder like they just kind of slap that on there because that was funny. Yeah. But I like what, I like your approach. That's yeah. actually yeah. probably why you're a very successful songwriter. Yeah. And that's why my single ginger assassin question mark, <laughs> <laughs> question mark was not accepted by Spotify. It's actually got me banned from the platform. For yeah, yeah. It was very shocking. It. it was basically a song where I spouse some political ideas. That's too hot for the church right now. But you know, on the fringe. I love that term. <laughs> um, so <laughs> normally right now, this is where we do our listener of the week on the Friday show. Uh, we do our listen of the week each week. We've been doing it for a few months now. We've had a lot of fun with it. But uh, this week with Trent joining us and uh, having the magazine preview and everything, things went a little bit longer than normal. So we, yeah. we are going to punt it. And like we said, next week in this spot, we're going to do the hashtag Ask Jesse mm-hmm. life coaching moment instead of listener of the week. So right. uh, hit us up uh, to, to join us for that if you want to join us for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, hey, Trent Dabs, thanks for joining yeah, us today, thanks, man. man. Was, oh, I appreciate it. It's so fun. Um, hey, go check out Sugar in the High Lows. Check out yeah, K- the solo stuff on Spotify right now. So the yeah. word, all right, real quick, Trent, what's the best place to, to get in touch with you and hear some tunes, man? Get, well, the, he don't want people to get in touch with him. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. I, I would, uh, I mean, Instagram, sure, do that. But yeah. Spotify for the music, check it out. Um, well, thanks to Johnny Swim for joining us as well. Their album, Goodbye Road, is out now. Their new album uh, is going to be coming, I think, in January. They're starting to drop some singles. Yeah. They just uh, dropped a single with Johnny Swim. Or, I'm sorry, with uh, Need to Breathe uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're on tour with Need to Breathe right. right now, actually. Yeah. Hey, check them out in the new issue of Relevant. It is out now. It's available at newsstands nationwide. Most Barnes & Nobles have it. If your local uh, bookstore doesn't have it, ask for it. They'll get it. Uh, you can also check out the new issue online at relevantmagazine.com right now. And if you want to subscribe and get it mailed to your house analog style, 
uh, there's some great deals going on right now on the website. Thanks to uh, ZipRecruiter for making this episode possible. Remember, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Hey, it's been fun having you in the studio yeah, all week. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, for Impact Week. Yeah. Good job. I'm Chandler Strang. <laughs> I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Trent Dabbs. We will see you next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. know what kind of debauchery I might be in for, but I'm hanging out with Lord Scrat, the air guitar guy. Relevant Podcast Network.